This episode is brought to you by freedadcourse.com. You are always one conversation away from changing your life, and the power of hello is something that I subscribe to every single day, and I'm always saying hello to new people everywhere I go. Increasing your opportunity, increasing your connection, and getting access to the solutions to the problems that you are facing, whether you're on active duty or just beginning your veteran transition or even transitioning out for 20 years. On the other side of hello are the solutions that you're looking for. Again, head on over to freedadcourse.com. Get your five-episode audio course to create more connection, create more friendships, and get back to living the life that you're trying to design. Dory 1, this is Fire Team Delta. Dad's coming home. Welcome to the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is our mission to bring every dad home. I am your host, Ben Colloy. I'm a United States Marine veteran, husband, and a father. We will bring authentic conversations to inspire action in your life so we can close the gap between the dad you are today and the dad you want to be tomorrow. This is the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. Welcome back to the Military Veteran Dad, episode 51. Being on the other side of 51 feels kind of like this momentum. You climb the top of a hill and now you're starting to climb down or you start to get to that, the ball starts rolling downward. Today, we're going to talk about something that probably over the last two years I've been experimenting with, and it's not marijuana, um, but it's bedtime routines. I've learned throughout the podcast that asking different dads, um, asking Eliska Van Lingeveld in our bo- first bonus episode in the beginning of the year, that one-on-one time with a child is super important because we they kids need that physical connection to their parent. They need that attention to know that you do you're you're present in that moment. If you think about what we talk about being coming home on the podcast a lot, coming home means being in that moment with your kids. And also to create a safe place for trust to grow. So probably maybe I don't know when we have maybe like a year after having three kids our nighttime routine mainly looked like we would all sit together and we would all read a book together. And it was th- all three of us, my kid, three kids, and each one would have a book and we'd all read it and I would read each one and then we would go through it. But as the years went on, it just kind of became organized chaos. It, it was always about one more book, one more book, or who's holding who, who's sitting in my lap. And the effect was just gone after a while. Now what I've moved into is moving into one-on-one. So each child, I start at the youngest because she doesn't understand necessarily patience. So she get, gets to go first. And we do our bedtime talk. We do our reading. And there's something magical that happens almost every time. They just instinctively get super close. They get under your arm. They just want to be next to you, kind of like a cuddle. But you're in bed. You're reading the book. And it's just a very special moment that happens nightly. And I repeat this with my my son and then my oldest. But that bedtime routine expands into so many different areas because when my youngest is three, we talk about jokes. We talk about kids on the playground or at daycare. We talk about who she made friends with, what happens, who she doesn't play with and whatsoever. It's just nonsense talk. But it creates a very safe space for me and her to have a conversation about nothing, but that space still exists and it's very trustworthy in this case. There's a lot of trust in that area. And I've heard it said that these little moments of trust in the beginning, as the child grows older, 
allows them to bring bigger and heavier stuff to you. So my youngest has first world problems of daycare. My son has really just kindergarten problems, but my seven-year-old, she's got, let's call it second grade problems. And those problems are real to her as our adult problems are. And it's extremely important to create a space for those conversations to happen because a lot of emotions get bottled up, especially for girls and especially at that age where there's things in the playground that are happening that are real world life changing things to them. And we need to be there to bring them back. And so we start with the book, but a lot of this just turns into conversations. Maybe there's something I want to talk about. Maybe something I noticed about maybe my son or something that I heard or my daughter or maybe her baby behavior or we could talk through it. These are different things that I've incorporated into our bedtime routine to help, not necessarily to control the emotions of the child, but control their ability to understand it. And I've been thinking about this idea of controlling our emotions. And a lot of people say, you need, especially in the military, you've got to control your emotions. And I don't think it's wrong. I, I used to think it was wrong. And just even this past weekend, I had kind of a thought on this that, Control isn't necessarily in case of suppressing. Control means that you anchor through the storm of whatever's passing by. So if you think of your emotions as a river, sometimes there's undercurrents in that river of other emotions, other people's emotions that are coming into your river. And oftentimes, I know it for me, that I would get swept away and even pulled under by those undercurrents. But really, when you think about controlling your emotions... You want to be able to not get pulled away by the undercurrents and stand your ground, stand firmly in the river while the river splits around you. And the same thing goes with our kids, like not helping them control them, but understand how they can remain calm necessarily or understand how to think about it differently. Or most importantly, I think, how to react differently. I mean, think about how many times kids just instantly react with a flood of emotions, either tears or anger or punching or... All of those things, all of those things happen. And it's not necessarily about talking about control. It's about how to re-perceive that thought for them. And something that I've been doing with my oldest daughter, and we just started this, I don't know, maybe two months ago, and we started journaling. So we used to, we've had kind of an evolution of with my oldest. So she's always had a high string of emotions. And those high string of emotions are... And those high strings of emotions have gone kind of ups and downs. And sometimes they're worse, sometimes they're better. Sometimes I feel like I'm making progress. But over the years, there was a book that I've mentioned a couple of times that um, someday a bird will poop on you. And this book essentially says that no matter how good of a mood you're in that day, somewhere there's a bird getting ready to poop on your shoulder. And it's going to be up to you to respond how you want to get angry or frustrated this bird pooped on you, but really you had no control over it. So why get upset about it? And that's the moral of the book, but it's still necessarily hard to implement. So then we first started with my oldest that we would talk, we would essentially call it bird poop talk. So we would talk about the kids that pooped on her shoulder during the day. And this really had a lot of good success because we got to talk about things that maybe upset her that normally she wouldn't bring to the surface and talk about. So it was kind of a good safe place to work through some different things. And we moved through that to kind of just bedtime talk where we talk a little bit about the day and we have different variations of that. Sometimes it's just me reading a book. But recently, maybe like, I think it was parent-teacher conferences, we were talking with her teacher, and we were talking about journaling. 
and this is something I've known about for a while for adults, but I've never really thought about it for kids. And my daughter has just gotten really good at writing and getting thoughts. She loves writing books even. So she's gotten really good at putting words to paper. So we started with something with the journaling and it was simply four steps that the four steps are writing something that you're grateful for. And that can be anything. And usually it's pretty silly. It's sometimes it's art class. So for it's, it's whatever she wants to write down. I don't really coach her on the gratitude. She usually comes up with that one on her own. The next one is what makes her happy that day. So some event that really brought joy to her life. And the next one is sadness. So something that made her sad that day. And then finally, the fourth one is we write down something that she wants to work on for tomorrow. So we call this a 1% section. And this section is essentially where we pick waking up on time in the morning because for for like ever, she never wants to wake up in the morning. And this has produced, helps us in the last few weeks where she's finally started to get up. And it kind of happened where we combined the 1% with this idea of building trust. And it really kind of hit me when I was recording an episode that is not out yet, but it will be soon, that a lot of kids... We spend a lot of their early years doing everything for them. Then we spend the next, so, so we spend the first two years, you spend doing everything for a child and you spend the next 16 years figuring out how to get them to do it on your own. And a lot of that comes from just, we don't create a space for trust to grow. And what I mean by the trust that you have in your kids to do something without them being there, that they know that they need to wake up. So you trust, start trusting them that they can do that. And then when you start trusting them that they can do X, then you start giving them more responsibility. And these two things kind of go hand in hand. So we've kind of incorporated this idea into the 1% section that we take the idea of what is going the next day, what's going well, something that maybe she needs to work on. And sometimes it's the same thing. Maybe it didn't work. Maybe she got flushed or whatever. So sometimes it could be the same thing for three to four days. But this kind of 1% section has really helped as well. And something else that we've been, I've been doing with my oldest is there's a book series called um, Hank Zipser, and it's essentially the coach from The Water Boy. And if you don't know it, the coach from The Water Boy, you may think he's famous because he's a Hollywood actor, but in the early years, he was someone that the school system forgot. He never really fit in, and he wrote a set of children's books about that, and he called it Hank Zipser. And so there's like 22 different series of these books, and they're just really funny stories. So I read these to my my seven year old. She could read them, but I kind of like doing it because it just helps us communicate and we enjoy it together. But they, they're they just a good story of laughing, making, kind of almost reminiscing sometimes because there's a little bit of Hank Zipser in all of us and how he solves problems and how he tries to fix everything through a lie and then one lie after another. Classic stuff that goes on in a kid's life. And my daughter gets a good kick out of it. And it's been one of those books that kind of is a good stepping stone to when you get to those really big ones like the Harry Potter series, which we haven't even started touching yet. But I can say overall, these the bedtime routine is something that's often overlooked as a place to build good connection. So if you're a military dad and maybe you're maybe you're active duty still, that you struggle to find that time to connect and maybe you get home late, maybe you miss dinner and the kids are already getting ready for bed by the time you get home. Don't underestimate how much connection you can make in that bedtime routine. If you just go one-on-one with each of your kids, create that space to hear what their day was like, especially if, if you've been gone maybe, or maybe you just don't always have that good connection with them, ask them what their day was. Just approach their day with curiosity 
And depending on what age they're at, a lot of times they can't help but want to tell you all about their day. And use this time to create a special moment because these moments compounded over time really do make a difference. I was listening to another podcast and it uses a perfect analogy that brushing your teeth once per day by itself absolutely does nothing. But brushing your teeth over a series of time does everything. It allows your teeth to not have cavities. Similar to this stuff like reading a book, like reading a book for one day absolutely does nothing. But reading a book one day over time does everything. And it's a similar way where these you just got to put in these, these moments. There's another example was um, sending your wife a text message that I love you once does nothing. It's a blip on the radar. Sending one every day builds a framework of love that you do think about her throughout the day. And then it becomes something that she looks forward to. These little things that you can think about, you can do once a day, even a push-up, but one single push-up by itself does nothing. But push-ups over repetitivity build muscle and you can do more push-ups. So a lot of these examples goes back to that brushing. Brushing a day does absolutely nothing, but brushing over a lifetime means everything. Same thing with kids, that I think these moments where and again, if you think about what we talk about in the early days in the podcast, the kids spell of T-I-M-E, it's those moments where they're going to feel the most love from you. That if you didn't, if you're coming up on Christmas and maybe you're not getting them the best presents, if you want them to know that you love them and not look forward to those presents to measure that by, just make those small little moments and deposits of love and time, because really that's where they're going to feel like, like lately, I don't know what it is about my son, but he has been super following me. Like if I take my socks off, he takes his socks off. If I'm wearing a sweatshirt, he's going to wear a sweatshirt and almost he's like a shadow of whatever I'm doing. He has to do. And if you ask him why he's doing, he's like, daddy, you're my best friend. I got to do what you got to do. Now it's not always like that, but right now that's what it is. And I can say that today we spent some time upstairs building a train, a big train set on his floor. And he absolutely loved it. And it only took like 15 minutes of my time to do that with. And it's also kind of reconfirmed something that it's so easy to overlook as a dad, especially for sons. We're already their heroes. And even to girls, like their love for us is the first male love that they'll understand. And what we bring to their life will determine what they go out into the world to seek. And same thing to our sons where we represent the the feeling that they need to feel inside of what it feels to be a man and to feel comfortable in their own skin, whatever that may be. These are things that as a military dad, we have the ability to gift our kids. And if we go back to the very beginning, it all begins with telling jokes, just joking around in bed, reading one book to them a night. Like these little moments that we call bedtime talk, are things that they look forward to. I can't tell you how many times they look forward to that a day. It's like, I'm sure you've heard it if you listen to a few episodes in the podcast, mall walking. My kids literally love to go mall walking more than anything that we ever do next to maybe a hotel. Mall walking is the number one thing that they ask to do on the weekend. And it all it is, is going to the mall and walking around. It's the most boring thing in the world. But to them, it's everything. Daddy's there. He's present. And we're having fun. So I can't tell you how many times... Last week, I introduced Daniel. 
And Daniel is a dad out there that doesn't know how to come home. Daniel is the dad that wants the connection, but almost seems overwhelmed to know where to begin. Well, dads, I'm here to tell you that it can begin with a simple step of just reading a book. Take a 30-day challenge, read a book every night, go to the library with your kids in the weekend, let them pick up books that they want to read. My, our, our library is probably second to mall walking, and we bring books home, and we just read. That's all it takes. It doesn't have to be something crazy. It doesn't have to be something immense. Just take the challenge, try to read to your kids for 30 days, and see what kind of impact that has. If you have already been reading to your kids, I would love the feedback. What has this done for you? I'd, I'd love to see how reading to your kids is compared to where it has for my kids and seeing when that happens for other dads out there. And just think about 30 days from now, that connection that you could have. Maybe if you're completely disconnected from your family and you maybe don't have that connection that we've been talking about the podcast, it just takes a simple step of reading. That I can't tell you how many times kids just love hearing a book. They love the, expressing their imagination. They love just to be there with you in that moment as you read because you're doing something that they don't know how to do, especially if they can't read. And again, it just kind of magnifies that you're their hero, that that moment exists, that you are doing something so impactful for them, so important. And all it is, is reading. And it begins with a single night. So a lot of things in the podcast can seem complicated. But in the last few weeks, we talked to a couple of them. Take a single step, talk to a dad at the park to make a friend. To make a connection to your kids, simply read a book at night. It can be as simple as that. And those are the simple steps that will really start to connect your heart with your kids and start feeling like you're coming home. So with that, I'm going to sign off. This will be the last solo for a little bit. I'm going to dive back into interview episodes after this one, and then we'll reboot with a couple other different topics in 2020. But I'm super excited where we're going for. I've really enjoyed doing these solo episodes, and I hope you enjoyed them as well. They're not going away. We're just going to dive back into the interview episodes and go forward. And I'm super excited for the upcoming holiday season, and I'm super excited for what's on the other side. So dads, just remember, it's time to come home, and it begins tonight with a single book. That's a wrap, and thank you for listening to today's show, and I really hope you enjoyed it. The lifeblood of any new podcast are the reviews. If you haven't reviewed the podcast yet in iTunes, I would really appreciate it, and you will help us get the message out to even more military veteran dads. As John Maxwell says, if there is hope in the future, there is power in the present. Dads, it's time to come home.